0: You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. You guys who have ventured out into the ice. Uh, and braved the weather. Y- y'all are pretty much super saved. So that's that's not a theological term. Don't don't look it up in the Bible. But um, <laughs> sure, right. Uh, I'm so glad to be with you this morning. My name is Alec. I'm one of the pastors here at the Creek, and I'm so glad you chose to be with us this morning. Um, as we have, uh, because the third service is now canceled due to weather, uh, the last service of the year right now, like this is it. So you're seeing the creek out for the year. Um, I know that we are in, in a new season and headed into January and headed into um, just just a different season for a lot of us. Um, anybody uh, a resolution maker at all? Do we have any of those? Okay, cool. So, somebody, yeah, yeah. Um everybody handles that a little differently. Even if you don't have resolutions, though, um, you probably have some kind of vision for what the future holds, right? You have some kind of vision for what this next season looks like. Um, I've got a baby on the way in February, which is crazy, and, and I've got a vision for what that looks like, right? Screaming, food, it's, it's fine, we're gonna get there, but um, you probably have a vision for what your January looks like, too. Um, Ron Davis, one of our elders, uh, ate lunch with me this last week, and, and he told me his resolution for the year uh, is the same that it's been for the last 14 years in a row, and it's to be the kind of person that his dog believes he is. And I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. He's still trying. He said he hadn't gotten there yet, but he's going the distance this year, right? Um, I- I'm a crazy goal setter. Um, i, I- I'm overly optimistic in all things in life. And so my goals are like, man, I'm gonna read the Bible six times by February. I'm gonna uh, run all the races. I'm gonna, I mean, lose the weight that I haven't been able to lose ever. I'm gonna um, do all the things, right? I'm, I'm the guy that's already done with last year. Let the past die, kill it if you have to, right? And so I am all in for this year. If you look at my wife's goals, she sets the bar in a little different place, okay? So she's, she's the one that's like, I'm going to eat lunch every day this year. It's a big, we're going to set the bar right. I'm going to hang out with our dog even more than ever. And, um, and so we just, everybody approaches it a little differently. And, and here's, here's what I know. When we think about uh, maybe some goals, a vision for our life, um, some resolutions, sometimes those come out of a really healthy place, Sometimes they come out of, man, I just want to honor the Lord with my body. I want to lose the weight. I want to reconnect with my family. I want to um, eat more kale. God help you. Uh, whatever. Uh, not going to touch it. Um, but, but here's the thing sometimes those come out of really different places. And often I think they come out of. Um, worries that we have, fears that we have, questions that we have. Um, you may want to lose the weight to honor the Lord, right? But but you also may want to, um, because you're worried that your spouse might not find you attractive, or, or you're worried that you won't um, measure up, right, to, to the guy next to you, or um, to some ridiculous standard that you set up for yourself that isn't in the Bible. Um, you're, you're worried um, when you reconnect with your family, maybe that, that you want your family to look like the family next door. And, and and so sometimes they come out of good places, sometimes they come out of worries. But, but here's, here's what I know. Those questions that lead to those worries and those fears, like, they didn't pop up on January 1, right? Like, like these are things that, that we're really, if we're honest, kind of worried about all year round. They come out of questions like this. Am I enough? Will I be enough? Um, can I measure up? Why don't my finances look like the guy next to me? Right? Will I accomplish enough to be considered valuable by my company this year? Will I accomplish enough to be considered valuable to my spouse or even to myself? Um, will she or he find me attractive this year? Will um, I've got a couple. What's going to happen at that scary doctor's appointment next month? Um, will my family ever come together and feel like a family again? What will it look like for me to actually feel security? Is there a secure enough relationship, a secure enough amount of money, a secure enough amount of stuff for me to just feel security? These are questions that we all wrestle with, that we all deal with. Um, where can I find comfort? Where can I find approval? Where can I find security? And, and here's, here's what I want you to see. The thing about worry is that when you're worried, nothing else is in the picture, that when you experience worry, like anybody just stressed themselves out? Am I the only one? That's cool. Um, here's, here's the thing. When you're worried, you don't see the good things that are going on. You don't see God's blessing. You don't see God at work. You don't see everything that's happening around you because you're so just zoomed in on worry. And here's here's what I want you to know. Um, And and here's the big answer for today. I just wanna give it to you up front and then we'll kind of play with it in the text. But here's the big answer. Where God is in the driver's seat of your life, where God is the source of your hope, where God is in control of how you live and and ultimately where you find your truth, that's something that can't be shaken and you'll find a whole lot of peace and a whole lot less worry there. Where you put yourself in that role, where you go, I'm my own source of hope, where you go, I'm my own source of security, you will find that you're wrestling with a thousand things that you can't control and you're worried about all of them. And so here's, here's my prayer for us today is that we would um, be so entrusted to God and his character that that worry just disappears, that it's nothing in the light of God's grace. And so can, can we just take a minute and pray together? You can pray for you and, and I'm gonna pray for us um, that, that God would be so apparently on the throne of our lives that, that we don't have to deal with worry. Let's pray. God, we thank you um, that you are a provider and a father and our strength and our hope, God. And I just ask that you would make that apparent to each of us today. And as we open up your word, God, transform us um, because your word does not come back void, but it, it always accomplishes the purposes that you set it out to do. And so, God, we ask that you would just do that among us this morning. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, flip over in your Bibles to Matthew six. We're gonna be in Matthew six this morning, and uh, we'll uh, just to catch you up. Um, this is kind of in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is one of the largest collections of Jesus' teachings that we have recorded. And so we definitely don't have time to go through all of them today, um, or it'll be way icier when we get out. So, um, But here's here's what's going on just just most recently. Um, Jesus has kind of now taught through some things, and he ends on this note of, um, hey, you should lay up treasures in heaven, because treasures in heaven can't be taken from you. And the, the point here is, really just that your soul is more valuable than your stuff. And so um, he leans into that, and that kind of leads us into this conversation about anxiety. Um, So if you'll pick up with me in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And here's what I want to point out that Jesus is doing here. He's just saying, hey, there is more important stuff in the world than food or clothing. Um, he doesn't start, like if, if you're familiar with like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he doesn't start at the top and go, hey, don't worry about Learning to play piano, (laughs) like because nobody's actually worried about learning to play piano, right? He's going, Hey, don't worry about food and clothing and even your life, because here's what he's trying to point out there are more important things than those things. Here's what John Piper had to say about it We ought not to be anxious about food and clothing because food and clothing cannot provide the great things of life the enjoyment of God, the pursuit of his gracious favor, the hope of eternity. In His presence, and so Jesus just really quickly off the bat says, "Hey, there's more important stuff to worry about. You don't need to worry about your food or your life or your clothing. Don't worry about the brand you wear, so to speak, right? And, and instead, hey, just don't be anxious. But but here's what I love about Jesus is He, because He provides for us, doesn't just go, hey, don't worry." good luck. You've got this now. Um, but, but rather, he's about to give us four reasons um, why we cannot worry. Here's the first one in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So just really, really simply, why does Jesus tell us not to worry? Um, because he takes care of the birds. Because he takes care of the birds. And, and here's um, why this is kind of important. You, you may be a bird person. I don't, know, I don't even know that I know any bird people, whatever that means. But you may love your little pet bird. Um, you may be super into ecosystems. I'm like, well, you don't understand, how Birds matter. And, and if birds stop, then seeds quit moving from place to place. And, and, and here's what I want to say to you. Sure. <laughs> okay. Birds kind of matter but here's the truth of the Bible is that God covenanted with people, right? God sent his son for people, right? He didn't, he didn't send Jesus to take up the sins of the birds. That would be super different theology. And we need to pray for you if you, anyways, another day. But here's the reality is that God loves, pursues, sent his son after people, and that's not true of birds. And so birds might be a little bit important, but but if all of that is true about the way that God loves us, don't you think he's going to care for you too? Don't you think he's gonna care for you too? That's all Jesus is saying. Reason number two is this. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Really quickly, this is all that means. Um, You can worry all you want, but at the end of the day... It's not going to change anything. So why does Jesus tell us not to be anxious? Because it doesn't help. <laughs> it's only going to make you miserable. Anybody just worried themselves into misery before? Like, man, I'm just like chest tight, palms sweaty, um, knees weak, mom spaghetti, and, and I'm like in the moment just freaking out, and I, did I just make an M&M reference? That's weird. Okay, um, here's the thing. When you get anxious, I hope you understand this, it doesn't do you any good. Like, you can worry all day. My, my mom is a pro at this, and it hasn't changed the course of my life. Like, we worry, but it doesn't get us anywhere. And that's all Jesus is saying, that when we worry, it, it doesn't actually move the ball forward to change anything. It doesn't add a single hour to your life. It just makes you miserable. Um, here's, here's reason three, and here's where it's about to get good. 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Here's, here's the answer Jesus is giving us. He, he, points, he paints a picture and he says, listen, um. Right now, as I'm teaching you, the flowers continue to be clothed by God in beauty. And the grass, like, that grass doesn't even matter, right? Because it's, it's here today, and it's in the fire tomorrow. Nobody cares about grass. But here's the thing. God has protected it. He's made it beautiful in its day. And he's continued to care for it, even as I'm sharing this with you right now. And here's what Jesus is pointing out. We cannot be anxious because God orders the universe. Because right now, here's, here's what I want you to see that Jesus is saying. All of the natural cycles on the planet, out of the planet, are continuing to occur because God has said, I will it. I want this to happen. I want the flowers to continue to be beautiful. I want the grass to continue to grow. All of that. The stars are continuing to shine now. Now because God has said I will it. He's holding the universe together. Psalm 24 says it this way, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Hebrews 1:3 says it this way about Jesus. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. So why can we not be anxious? because he orders the universe, because at every moment forever, he's holding all things together. He's keeping everything running by his providence. And here's the fourth reason. Therefore... Do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. The piece that I want you to notice there is for the Gentiles seek after all of these things. They were worried. And here's what I want you to see. They lived in a culture of fear. They lived in a culture that was afraid, that was afraid for their food, clothing, life, everything that we're afraid for. Here's here's what I want you to hear. There's a quote from a New York Times article from last year about just the epidemic of worry in our country. It says this, worry alters the atmosphere of the mind. It shrinks your awareness of the present and your ability to enjoy what's around you right now. It cycles possible bad futures around in your head and forces you to live in dreadful future scenarios, 90% of which will never come true. Not that we ever worry about things that don't actually happen, right? Pretty soon, you're seeing the world through a dirty windshield. I love this last piece. Worry dims every sunrise and amplifies mistrust. Here's what I want you to see. They lived in a culture of fear, we live in a culture of fear, right? You can turn on the news for like 60 seconds and have a thousand things to be afraid of. You can get on the internet for 60 seconds and have a thousand things to be afraid of. Um, Don't we live in this culture of just mistrust and fear right now? I mean, if you... We didn't even have to talk like globally or nationally. For some of us, it's our families. We're thinking about our kids at college. We're thinking about our kids at home. We're thinking about our lives and our financial security. We don't have to look far to worry. And here's the really cool thing that Jesus says. He says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. People who were not believers, did not know God. Why can we as believers actually not deal with this level of worry because it makes Christians unique in a culture of fear. It makes Christians unique in a culture of fear. Here's here's what I want you to get. Christians should be the least afraid people on the planet. Christians should be the least nervous, worried concerned people on the planet. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have concerns about righteous things, right? But, but rather, we're not sitting in our houses going, just shaking our palms and, and wondering what's going to happen because that's the story that these men and women that Jesus would have been talking to were telling themselves. We don't know where this is gonna come from. We don't know where we're gonna get food or clothing or life or any of those things. And here's the story of the believer that we know the God without lack and that that God isn't just like distantly kind of throwing stuff down at the earth, hoping it lands on one of us, right? But that he is after us, that he pursues us, that he loves us, that he provides for us. The Bible calls him a father, And so he's a good father, right? The Bible calls him a shepherd, one who takes care of his flock. And so um, we tell a better story, right? That that we no longer have to worry. We don't have to be afraid that God's not going to come through because we know he's our good father who wants to provide every good gift for his children. And so when we hear Jesus going, hey, um, that's not the story we tell. That's the story of the Gentiles, the people who don't know God. When we talk about um, lacking and worry and fear, Jesus is saying that story is for people who don't know the Lord. That's what Gentiles say. We tell a different story. We talk about the God who provides. We talk about the God who loves. And, and so here's where Jesus lands the plane. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. And so, this morning, I just want to, from this passage, um, really in the next sixteen minutes, uh, give you three, <laughs> three ways that we can kind of start to deal with worry from this passage. The first is simply this: How do we shake worry? Um, we recognize the story we tell ourselves. We recognize the story we tell ourselves. Um, what story are these people telling themselves as they listen to Jesus? Jesus said, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 31 says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Why does he keep saying, Hey, don't worry about your food, don't worry about your clothing, don't worry about your your life, don't worry about your money, because they were worried about those things, because they're worried about those things. And and so here's what I want you to see. Um, When we recognize the story we tell ourselves, um, you have to, in that moment, when you start to feel worry, when you start to feel nervous, when you start to feel your chest tighten and and, and just kind of the world close in around you, uh, I want you to do two things. I want you to um, recognize what you're really worried about, and I want you to recognize what story you're telling yourself about that worry. And, and here's what I mean about recognize what you're really worried about. Often what we're worried about isn't what we're really worried about. Here's, here's what I mean. Um, if your kid is riding a bicycle, and, and you're afraid because he didn't put his helmet on, are you really afraid about the helmet? No. No. You're scared he's going to break his head, right? Like things are going to go badly for him. He doesn't know how to ride his bike very well yet. And so you're worried he's going to trip and and go down. And and that's what you're worried about. You're worried about his safety. Sometimes when we worry about our money, when we worry about our kids, we're we're not really worried about the money, right? We're we're worried about security, as as elusive as that is. We're worried about keeping up, (laughs) Which is funny, right? Because once we've actually hit the bar that we set for ourselves, is it ever enough? Or, or do we just set a new bar, right? And, and so um, we're worried about things beyond just the surface level stuff. And I would challenge you, when you experience that worry, to, to ask, hey, what am I really worrying about here? What's going on in my heart? And then um, once you have that worry down, what story do I tell myself about that worry? So, so maybe let's let's say it is money. And and you've gone, hey, if I just get this amount of money, I'll be satisfied. That's the story you're telling yourself. That when I reach that goal, when I get that amount of money, wherever that is for today, right, um, that you'll finally be satisfied. And so you need to be very aware of the stories that you're telling yourself. And we'll get back to what we do with those stories. But, but in this story, we see men and women who, who really were telling themselves the story of inadequacy. A story about scarcity, right? A story about needing to provide for themselves and to fix their own problems. Man, I'm worried about my life, my food, my health. And so maybe they felt like they needed to get out and go fix things for themselves, right? Become their own provider and just make things happen. Um, they felt like they were inadequate and that they needed to be adequate enough and provide maybe for their families, which isn't a bad thing, right? But, but here's the problem with those stories. The problem with those stories is that um, they have now moved themselves into the role of hero, right? They, they've become um, the provider in the story and God is no longer the provider in that story. Um, and so where they do that, they're just gonna experience more and more worry because here's what worry is. Worry is you building your own kingdom, and then realizing that you don't have the resources to keep that kingdom standing. Like that the walls that you built in your crummy little kingdom are literally just gonna get trampled by life. That's what worry is. You've built your own kingdom, made yourself the provider, made yourself the hope, and at the end of the day, listen to me, your kingdom's coming down. God's kingdom will stand, but your kingdom isn't gonna last in the storm. And so it creates worry because we know that. We know that we can't build walls high enough to protect our money, our kids, our home, our faculties, our health. You can't build walls high enough for that. But God can. And so here's what we have to do. How do we shake worry? We reorient ourselves to God's story. We reorient ourselves to God's story. Um, Verse 33 says it this way But seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. So we've got to mentally catch ourselves as we start to tell ourselves a different story and go, wait, 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 wait. How does this story measure up to God's story? How does this story measure up to God's truth? And, and I just want to be really straightforward with you. Like, I want to be generous in this moment I want to be kind, but, but here's the reality. For you to know God's story means you have to know God's word. And you have to know God's word. And and so here is my hard plea. And you probably see this coming because we're here on the new year, right? And so here here is my plea for you that you would quit playing and actually know God's word. Like that you would, and listen, if you have questions about where to start, if you're confused, listen, so am I. So let's do this together. Come ask questions, Roberta, I'll help you. We, We can do this together, but this year, Look right at me. Would you consider setting a goal of actually being in God's word this year? Because here's the thing. When we're in God's word and we encounter worries, we get to show our worries God's word and our worries get worried. Because God's perspective is unlimited, and God's word tells the truth of the whole story. And so even when we're going, God, why didn't you provide? Why didn't you meet my need? Why didn't you give me what I thought you were going to give me? Why am I still so concerned about this thing? We get to go, no, 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 no. Here's the true story, that the whole earth is the Lord's and all that is therein that God is over the whole world, that he holds the universe together by the power of his word, that he takes care of the birds, so he's gonna take care of me, that right now the flowers are continuing to bloom, so God's in control. And so we rest on those truths. We remind ourselves of those stories, the true story, the only true story and we rest in those stories because here's the reality: your worry story that you're going to get there someday, that you're going to be satisfied in something other than the Lord. We know that's not true. We've tried it, right? But the true story is we reorient our hearts to that. It just dispels worry like nothing else, because there we find hope, and there. We find peace. And so I'm so serious. Please make this the year of being in God's word. Make it the year of the Bible. Let's let's get after God's word. Um, As we do, here's what I can promise you. You'll experience more peace and less worry than you've ever known in your entire life because God's truth is bigger than your problems. And that's a really good truth to remember. Here's, here's the third way that I think we do this is, is actually that we would... Um, to get to shake where we return control of our lives to God. And to do that, again, we've we've gotta be running on God's word. Um, we've gotta be um powered by the right thing and the right truth, right? Um I lived with six dudes in college, which is a nightmare. I don't know if you've like like there's a different level of smells that come from six dudes in college that you probably haven't experienced, and I'll pray for you if you do, but um it, it was. Crazy. I mean, we basically made it a contest to see how long we could go without vacuuming the floors. It was nasty, y'all. And, and here's the thing one day, um, one of our guys thought it would be like we would just mess with each other all the time because I mean, that's what guys do. And, and one of the guys thought it would be absolutely hilarious to switch the laundry detergent with the dishwasher soap. You see where this is going? And, and here's what happened. I started the washer downstairs, and I walked upstairs. I, I don't even know what. I'm going to take a nap. Like, who knows? Came back downstairs, and there was this hellish bubble party going downstairs. Like, but the entire floor was just covered in bubbles. The, the carpet was ruined. I mean, everything was crazy. Here's, here's why. Because we tried to live off of, to run our washer off of something that it was never meant to run on. And, and when you try to live on and live your life by the wisdom of the world and, and your own wisdom, whatever it is to you, like whatever you think, your truth today or whatever, um, your life wasn't meant to function like that. Like we were designed for relationship with our creator. We were designed to know God intimately. And when we live according to how he's called us to live, life is gonna look a whole lot different. It's just gonna work better. It's just gonna work better. And so um, when we do that and we start to um, reorient ourselves to God's story and return control of our lives to God, um, life functions differently. We get to see God for who he truly is. We get to see God for the provider that he is. Um, here's, here's a verse that you've probably heard before, um, but, but I just wanna show you how, how this actually impacts even our reading of the Bible. Um, Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Here's what I want you to see. There are two very different ways to read that passage as we think about God being our provider. Two different ways. The first is to hear that and go, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Well, let me tell you, because he's going to give me all this stuff. He's going to give me, oh, yeah, green pastures. He's going to give me, oh, yeah, still waters. This is going to be awesome. He's going to restore my soul. He's going to lead me in paths of righteousness. How good does that sound? He's going to give me all this stuff. What's wrong with that reading? It's not about the Lord, right? Like, that's all about you like, I'm gonna get God's stuff is the way that you just read the text. And and here's the difference. Here's the better way to read this text. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Here's the point of that passage, that it's not about you having your desires filled and your worries met, but it's about you knowing the shepherd, and if you know the shepherd, you know that you're perfectly provided for because we know his character, because we know how good he is, because we know he's faithful for eternity, because we know that he loves us, pursues us, sent his son for us. We know that he cared for the birds, so he's gonna care for us. We know that right now he's holding the universe together, so he's gonna continue to hold us together, right? That he's going to deal with our worries for us because his perspective is larger than ours. He's the good shepherd, And so, if you know him as the good shepherd, not just the provider of stuff, uh, stuff's great, but you know what's better than stuff? Him. God, knowing him, walking with him, being his, being a people called out, being a people chosen by the Lord. How different and wonderful would it be to have not just stuff, but him? And so today, that's, that's the good news is that he offers himself freely and he's bigger than your worries and he's stronger than your fears and he's greater than anything you could ever imagine and he's here. He doesn't leave us or forsake us even until the end of the age. It's Jesus. And so we have him. Um, and so here's, here's the trick it is, is the end of this passage says um, that we would seek his kingdom first. And so our temptation in this is as we hear these words, man, yeah, I know the Lord. I know the Lord. And Now it's time to make an action step list, right? That we would hear and think about our worries or think about the new year or think about our resolutions and go, that's right. I've got it now. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act on this. And here's what the Bible bids us do. That before we take a step of action, that we would ask him. That we would seek his will for our lives. So, so yeah, you may be fired up and passionate. You may be going, man, Alec is right, which is rare. I'm gonna read the whole Bible. This, this is gonna be awesome. And here's what I would ask you to do. Ask him. Ask him, what would you have me do? Because here's the thing. If you get fired up and inspired right now, and you go home and you make a list, by January 3rd, that list is gonna be in the garbage. But if you have the Lord who is the shepherd of your soul, who walks with you, who stands beside you, who through the power of the Holy Spirit has now made his home in you, if you're a believer, that if you have that and you're asking him, he's gonna strengthen you and he's gonna give you power to do what he's calling you to do. We gotta ask him. And so here's here's my challenge. Would you ask him this week, would you say, Lord, what would you have my year look like? What would you have my reading of the Bible look like? Would you consider, would you consider setting goals that, that move you into a, an increased knowledge, not of just his word, but of who he is? The trick about that is the best way to know him is through his word. And so would you consider setting those goals this year? Um, Because here's the reality that that I want um, you to leave with today. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all of these things will be added to you. And so as we seek his kingdom, our worries get smaller. Our peace grows and our walk with him deepens. And and so I just want to challenge you this year and this this next month um, for you to make this the year of seeking God's face. Because once you understand his character, you can trust him as your shepherd. And as you trust him as your shepherd, man, I'm promising you everything else changes. Everything else changes. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for your word. And God, I just honestly, I just plead with you this morning that you would make us a people who desire to know you deeply that you would make us a people who desire to know your word because it's the most authoritative, true way to know you that we can experience. And so God, um, help us, Lord, because we're weak and we're broken vessels. And God, we, we can't do this on our own. Now, where worry exists in our life, God, w- would you just show us truth about you? Because in that truth, God, our worries appear as nothing. Would you show us Um, how good you are, how strong you are, how faithful you are, how much of a provider you are. God, as our good shepherd, that you love us and care for us, that you hold all things together even now, right now. Help us, Lord. Help us to understand that. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at infothecreekfw.com. At